His brain began to spin furiously, and suddenly he was sick, heaving from the very bottom of his six-foot body. But he doggedly maintained his position, fought off the nausea, and allowed it to pass. When it was finally over, he tipped his face to the hovering scavengers, bared his teeth in a mirthless grin. Not yet, damn you, he mumbled weakly. Another spasm of nausea claimed him, but it was over with quickly. He looked around, struggling to see through the haze that clouded his eyes, aware now of a dull throbbing in his arm, harsher pain in his head. A curious desire to just sit, do nothing, filled him. He had to fight that, he realized. He'd lost a lot of blood, and it had turned his legs to jelly left him with no sand and the inclination to simply stay put, make no effort to reach the settlement. Only he had to. It was part of the job. It was what that sheriff's star pinned inside the pocket of his dusty, sweatin', blood-soaked shirt said was expected of him. He was a lawman, and it was up to him to keep going. He wasn't supposed to be like other men. He couldn't quit, take the easy way out. He had to pick himself up regardless, get on the trail of that cold-blooded killer who'd made a fool of him. That galled like a Mexican spur. Saul Rich had fled Lawsonville, riding double with him on the saddle, a pistol jammed so hard in his side that it had drawn blood. Line out for them buttes! That had been the red-headed outlaw's shouted command as they raced down the street. He'd looked desperately for a chance to knock the killer's weapon aside, spill him from the horse, but it hadn't come. They'd reached the bluffs east of town unopposed, ducked into the dense brush and scrub trees that clothed the slope below. There, Rich had forced him to veer north for a short distance, and then on a rocky shoulder, reverse course and strike south. It was a clever move, originating in a cunning, twisted mind. The posse that surely would get organized and underway within very few minutes after the escape would rush for the buttes, lose all sign in the rocks, and begin a useless search throughout the wrong area. The killer wouldn't head south for the Espantoso, they'd say. No man in his right mind would seek escape in that burning hell. What they'd be forgetting was that Sol Rich didn't know about the Espantoso, One direction was as good as another as far as he was concerned. Dan sleeved away the sweat glistening on his face. He was getting a bit stronger, it seemed to him, and his vision was clearing. He looked to the sky again. The vultures were still there, refusing to give up on what appeared a sure thing. They might even turn out to be of some help. Someone in the posse could notice them, get to thinking, wondering. He lowered his face, blinking hard to relieve the momentary blindness imposed by the sun's direct glare. He swallowed. Or tried. Thirst was beginning to get to him. His mouth seemed filled with cotton. Dry, hot cotton. Forget it. The nearest water was in town, five, maybe six miles away. If you want water, get on your feet and start moving. Why the hell doesn't somebody see those stinking buzzards? Forget that, too. Man's a fool to hope. 
depend upon somebody else. Man has to do everything for himself. Nobody looks out for you. Up to you, and you alone. Make up your mind to that, Mr. Sheriff Guthrie. Sheriff. Hell, he wouldn't make a pimple on a good lawman's nose. It had happened twice now. Once back up in Miles City, now here in Lawsonville. Best thing he could do was turn in his star. After losing a prisoner like Sol Rich. Go back to riding trail, nursing cows. Anything but packing a badge. Who the hell was he fooling? Nobody. The folks in Lawsonville sure wouldn't have any faith in his abilities now. And he could forget Catherine Keel, the newcomer who'd moved into town a week or so ago, too. That friendliness she'd shown to him would end. She'd have no use for a loser.